0: It's your game, do what you want, do what you want, play how you want, uh. It's your game, do what you want, do what you want, play how you want, yeah. It's your game, do what you want, do what you want, play how you want, yeah. It's your game, do what you want, do what you want, play how you want, yeah. It's episode 132 of GI Joeberg. I'm Steve. I'm joined by Paul and Cujo, and today we have a very special guest. The only guy I know who got busy in the back of a buzzball. It's Word Burglar. Yo, Joe, what's happening, y'all? Oh man, this is awesome. I, I mean, we haven't had words since that fateful uh, meeting in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we've been dying to get you on the show. So. Today is the big day. I don't know if you got round right to seeing it, but we have a very candid recording of you uh, in Chattanooga getting Rob up on stage and uh, rapping about, uh, in this order, it was Firewall, it was Outback, and then Scoop. <laughs> Just on-the-spot freestyle. Uh, we we included that in one of our um, Road to Joke on videos. I actually subtitled your rap <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah dude it it was intense man it was very very good as as i say very freestyle very off the cuff mad props dude that was awesome Thank you. Yeah, no, I will. Uh, I'll never
1: forget that night. That was a great show. And that whole weekend was just it. I had such an incredible time in Chattanooga. So uh, I'm glad you were there to capture it. I mean, like with, uh, you know, the freestyles I do, I they kind of happen. It's it just it's a spur of the moment thing. So <laughs> the fact that you transcribed it, I'm, I'm <laughs> amazed because half those things I can't remember, you know, is after they happen. But I, nope. I won't forget. That firewall, that was like, whoa!
0: That was a, that was a deep cut into some some Joe lore. Yeah, and, the character uh, might, have, might as well have been called left field. But you handled it exceptionally <laughs> well. Oh my word! You took the little tidbits of information that she offered and you ran with it. And yeah, all our jaws were on the floor, man. Um, incidentally, Gray Child took the video, so uh, that's uh, uh, props to that guy as well. Yeah, um, Gray's just a phenomenal human. Yes, sir. At- a top-notch fella for sure <laughs> i recall the first time i saw you very unsuspecting i think you were sort of uh, just sort of hanging out at the at the entrance to the the theater um yeah, that was like, so sneaky a little, little, like kind of merch table set up but i zoomed in on your t-shirt man i think it was probably the coolest gi joe t-shirt i've ever seen um well it's a, it's a, it's a, in the close uh, running with a, a, a commission that a dear friend of mine called Paul did for me, a one-of-a-kind eel uh, sketch that he put on a t-shirt for yours truly. But you were wearing, uh-huh. in the style of Mike Tyson's, uh, what was it called? Oh, out. Super
2: Punch-Out. Super yeah.
0: Punch-Out, but redesigned Sprite to look like Big Boa.
2: Oh, I love man. that shirt. I love that shirt so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. Thanks. Where did you get that? Did you did you have that made yourself? I mean like what
1: what's you know I, on I no, I wish I knew who it was years ago someone had posted it just briefly somewhere on a site or a group I was in and somebody posted it and I said I need that shirt and I got it right away. I, I think it was a, it was a short run just made by a fellow Joe fan years ago. I can't believe I don't know who it was, and I wish I could find it again. Because um, mm. every time I every time I wear it, people who know who Big Bo... I mean, a lot of people know Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, but if you know your Joe and you and, you, and Big Bo, it's just like the perfect fusion of those, <laughs> those two great <laughs>
0: properties.
1: Totally. And uh, yeah,
0: I, I love that shirt, so... Um, I'm glad you appreciated it man Oh man if the creator of that design Is listening to this podcast Get a hold of us please I mean it's just It's, it's brilliant you could just print money <laughs> Every oh, G.I. Joe yeah. fan Who has some sort of Awareness of like Nintendo Entertainment System games will eat it up
1: Yeah I'll have to do A deep dive through It was year. It was probably At least five years ago Maybe, mm. more, probably more. And it was just through Facebook and it was just a PayPal, just, you know, taking a risk. And then sure enough, it showed up. And I think it was only available in like one size. and
3: you know, one Your size.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, getting past what you were wearing that night, the performance itself was spellbinding. I had never seen you perform. Uh, the guys had never seen you perform, but like seeing you live and just like, the, the kind of content that you work into your your material is just, I mean, we're all kindred spirits in that room. Like, we're like, yes, yes, this man speaks the truth. Like, that is that is my childhood. That is my youth. That is my young adolescence. That is my young adulthood. Like, you've got such a great grasp of it. And, and it's all tied up in the neatest little G.I. Joe versus Cobra bow. You know what I'm saying? Like... Leading up to Rap Viper, uh, man, that is a night that I will never forget. Unfortunately, it is a night that Kujo will never remember because he wasn't there. He couldn't make it, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this conversation definitely isn't about me, but I could definitely rail on that. Um, no, I'm curious. Like, When I'm thinking about Word Burglar, I, you've been on my radar for quite some time. I'm familiar with the music, but like, it still surprises me that some Joe fans do not know about that album. And I guess it just comes to a question about uh, authenticity. You've been doing this because it's you. Do you feel like some people kind of come into the pop culture game as interlopers and you've just been here all along? How does that work? Yeah, I guess I, I don't really,
1: you know, pay that much attention to other people. Definitely in the last few years you've seen a lot more of, you know, everyone's really running the gamut of, of pop culture and uh, geek culture and all that stuff like you're seeing it just it's just gotten bigger and bigger than ever, which I think is, is a great thing. You know, there's going to be more stuff that uh, I don't know. I, I guess I always hesitate to do anything that I would feel would be pandering. Like I genuinely want to do stuff songs about things I love. And that's what I've always done. And I've been rapping about G.I. Joe since I first started rapping. It just turned out by the time I got around to doing Welcome to Cobra Island, uh, I had actually hopefully gotten better at rapping than when I first started. <laughs> so when I was rapping about like Airtight or Snow Job or Recondo when I was like, you know, 12, uh, I, I <laughs> hopefully it was a lot better, you know, many years later. So um, yeah, it's just Uh, I mean, yeah, I've just come at it from just rapping about stuff I love. And, and some, you know, sometimes if you if you see or hear something, then you can tell that it's just created with the idea to try and get your attention or, or just sell copies. And I mean, like welcome to Cobra Island was the labor of love and that's why we put it out for free online. And it just, I'm glad that fans can, can just enjoy it if they want to just go to Bandcamp, and you can, anyone can still download that album for free. So, uh, obviously if you want physical copies, those, those do cost me money to make. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to, to <laughs> for people to, to support the cause.
0: I hope it's apparent to anyone listening within the first few seconds, dude, that uh, you're not just trying to cash in on, like, pop culture, that you are an insider, like, par excellence. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, it's I just evident. love this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and, you and eat, it's, sleep, and dream it's, it, and, like, yeah. <laughs> you express it in your work, and it's – It's sublime, man. Like, yeah, no, I I, I certainly hope no one ever thinks that you're just trying to ride some kind of, you know, pop culture bandwagon. It's, that is completely not true. No. You are a true believer. I've
1: immersed myself in it for life, and I mean, you you guys have as well, and so many (laughs) of us, and I mean, honestly, I've made, the great thing about it is it's all about communication and sharing with like-minded individuals, whether you're exposing them to new stuff that you love and they've never heard of, or maybe you're echoing the sentiments that they feel about the same things. So that's why I love to do it. So things like whether I'm renting videos at a video store (laughs) or buying comic books or you know g i Joe or movies or Star Wars, anything like if it's something I love uh it's just fun to talk about, and I think that's you know where the passion comes from and then and then it's it's that next level of sort of crafting it into its own package and its own interpretation, and that's just sort of how i develop my art you know just like a customizer would take a joe figure that they love or the style and create their own new characters and and all that amazing stuff it's it's just another expression of of uh your fandom and and
2: yeah i guess rapping is my customization <laughs> Well, you know <clears throat> what i really love the bastard that evening uh what I what I loved about that evening in particular was uh and and this is to go with what you were saying uh when you were up there and you know you're rapping you're dropping your rhymes and you're doing the whole thing it actually feels like you're having a conversation with your audience i felt like there like and i don't know how many other people felt this and i'm sure many did but i felt like you were bringing this conversation to us it wasn't like you were rapping at us you were rapping with us you were you were you you were getting us together in the same place and you were talking about all these great things that you love and that passion—that's totally felt. It's—it's it's not like I, I never felt for like one second, like oh wow, this guy's just cashing in on it, and he's just like rhyming Storm Shadow with like you know Norm bado whatever the hell that is. <laughs>
3: don't, <laughs> like,
1: don't quit your heart like, job. No, that means uh, your gift in French. Your cadeau.
2: You know. Ah, there we go. What? See, so like, so I got is gift. gift in French. So there. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Um, but that was just really cool, and I just really felt. It it kind of, I I don't know. I mean, I don't really go to a lot of like hip hop stuff. I mean, I've seen a lot of MCs like rapping over like drum and bass when I've gone to drum and bass parties and whatever. But there was just this connection that you had made with us. And when you were introducing music and, you know, as Steve mentioned earlier, we had all of these like, oh, I I mean, you, you create these sort of these nostalgic hooks and you talk about things like the video rental store and whatever. I mean, that was my life as a kid. I mean, every Friday, I would come out of school, cross the road, go to the video rental, pick up a horror movie. They had to phone my mother to make sure that it was okay <laughs> that I could take my no the ways. 13th Part 5 home. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. As long as I didn't bring home The Fly, The Shining, or The Exorcist, I was pretty much golden.
0: <laughs> you know. So the so... G.I. Joe cartoon uh, was only available on like a paid channel in South Africa. My only access to G.I. Joe in animation was to repeatedly... Take out the rental copy of G.I. Joe the movie. I think I rented that thing so many times. They retired it because it became sort of spotty and worn out. So yeah, man, rental patient really. That's that's the that's the memory that I attached to uh, to uh, your track, man.
1: Well, I'm glad. Thank you. Like I I felt the bond that night for sure, and there was there was definitely a great synergy going on. I think between all of us. Mm. So, and I don't mean synergy from Gem and the Holograms, who was also pretty cool, I must say,
2: but <laughs> and uh, truly outrageous. <laughs> oh,
0: man. I mean, that's the that's the day that we arrived in Chattanooga, and we were so amped. Like, what a great way to kick off what was perhaps the most memorable weekend of my my time with this hobby
1: <laughs> yeah I, I i think the story of you guys go coming all that way and, and traveling and it, i mean everyone knew about it and just meeting you guys was just electrifying and just all your energy and every all the the enthusiasm and excitement and and creativity you guys are bringing to the hobby and, and the way you're going about sharing the aspects you love about it and and just keeping that going and and definitely like it was it was definitely felt in chattanooga everyone was like oh, the gi joeberg guys are here bro. <laughs> all the way from South Africa, so I, I know you, you felt it and, and Cujo as well, West Coast representative, so it's a pleasure to meet all of you. So <laughs> blowing up your Venmo right fun.
3: now. Yeah. <laughs> um, well I'm curious, are you planning to get to Joe Fest? Uh
1: I d I don't know. There's a possibility, but I have I, I can I cannot confirm or deny at the moment. But I, right. uh, I I would love Shane to stand if, by I yeah. would love to if possible. But but no, uh, nothing, nothing is, uh, official as of yet.
3: You, you mentioned, uh, obviously you mentioned, uh, Cobra Island and all that. I'm curious, uh, you're not, you're now on, a uh, Rhyme Your Business. Just kind of walk me through the inspiration behind that. Just kind of, is it more of a nuanced look at your pop culture favorites or, or what? Yeah, that's an interesting way of describing it. It's basically
1: just rapping about, Again, continuing the theme that I've I've always done is just rapping about stuff I love, and I love rapping, and I love rhymes, and I love getting nerdy about about the things that I'm, I care about. So there is some GI Joe on there. There's some video games on there. There's comic books, movies, Star Wars, uh, and just uh, slices of life and and nostalgic flashbacks. Yeah, it's it's definitely a. Uh, more of a mixtape album than a solid concept album so i i grew up making mixtapes of you know all my favorite albums and 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 you know you take tracks here and there and i i feel there's a real art to making a good mixtape so with my albums i always try and get a good variety right you want a good you want some you know some hype party tracks you want some slower jams you want some reflective tracks you want some thought provoking th- uh tracks you want some tracks that'll make you laugh and then you get a full you get the full meal right you don't you don't go and just get steak at a restaurant you want to get maybe an appetizer you might get some dessert you get something to drink you know you want everything to complement <laughs> each other and get the full experience so with rhyme totally. your business i really wanted it to be a full package Full experience album and trying to really touch on all the the different notes of of where my music career has gone so far. So there are some classic boom bap tracks. There's a like I said, there's there's the Joe track. There's all the those other tracks. So um and really it is just like rhyming my business i mean right now i'm i'm just living you know i'm a full-time rapper at the moment uh you know i take freelance gigs when i can and got to make sure all the bills are paid but literally with this album my goal was to launch it and tour i've been touring since it uh released at the end of the summer and yeah just literally you know telling it like it is and rhyming my business so um i appreciate all the support that that people are, uh, are giving it. And if you haven't heard it yet, I hope I hope you check it out because even if you don't like rap, I think there's
0: something on there for everybody. Absolutely. I'd, I'd go so far as to say that anyone listening to this podcast has a vested interest in listening to Rhyme Your Business. How can they uh,
1: listen to the tracks, man? Uh, yeah, if you Google Word Burglar and Rhyme Your Business or use whatever service on your internet to find it, I'm on there. I'm on everything, Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, um, but wordburglar.com, there's links there as well. And the bandcamp page is propsdepartment.bandcamp.com. And that's bandcamp is usually the best way to support artists. They have the best uh it's the best way to go for if you want to support any musicians, I'd say go to their bandcamp page and support them there because they uh it works out to be a good percentage for the for the artists. But mm. uh but any platform you listen to it on, I'm definitely thankful of. So
3: that'd be okay. dope. Before we swing it to to some Joe-centric chat, um, just uh, on the kind of like promotion tip, I I know this podcast finds all kinds of ears that are in conventions and whatnot. I kind of feel like it's probably your age as an artist. I mean, they're attaching festivals to comic cons and stuff like that. Do you kind of feel that? Like, are you on the come up right now? Yeah, I've been
1: trying to play as many Comic-Cons as possible for years. I've been to San Diego once. I've played uh, you know, at a couple different Joe-Cons and a lot of conventions here in Canada. So, yeah, it's it definitely is the conventions are expanding even just beyond comic books and getting more into different types of pop culture. Obviously, you see a lot of cosplayers. You see a lot of the TV actors and stuff like that. And I think the more savvy conventions are definitely realizing that, hey, You know, we can do a full day of entertainment so people here all day at the con, meeting people and shopping, you know, you can continue with the after parties on Friday and Saturday nights. So yeah. And I mean, if anyone's listening, who's involved in conventions, I'm totally uh, easy to get in touch with and talk about maybe being at your con. I mean, some cons are are apprehensive about it. I don't know why. And I guess they don't want to take on the extra thing, but, uh, but then I find some of the other cons that, that have been doing it, have, have created some really successful events and, uh, it's it's just always fun. It's it's like when we did that show in Chattanooga, just being able to communicate in a room with a whole bunch of other people who, you know, on the same wavelength and everyone, it's like a fun, safe space for everyone to just enjoy their geekiness and uh, and rock out. Um that's that's always great. So so yeah, I guess it is on the come up to give you a really long winded
3: answer. <laughs> that one? Who's that one? Alaska,
1: it's me. It's me. me. <laughs> the dog tag say uh. I was done, resigned, ready to punch the clock. One last mission, then I was out like sun on the block. My team told me to stop complaining. Yeah, they had better luck, telling the sky to stop raining, paid my education. Blue collar scholar, stealer at the wheel, Mobad or, Mo, or Mauler. Warsaw Pact and NATO, AFVs. Y'all always thought science fiction was make believe. I was a man lost, disillusioned with my lot in life. Hated my job, good prospects were not in sight till I saw the
0: light shatter a man's future. They called the device a matter transmuter. I watched you change an iron safe into tissue paper. Next thing I know, I'm getting blown in the vapor the explosion sent me flying like a pelican helplessly watching as the felons turn to gelatine, the rest are... are we ready for some joe centric toy chats
3: do you know this is this,
0: this this is my favorite little part of any uh, guest interview is getting down to the nitty-gritty of how we played with our toys because that my friend at the end of the day is what binds us all and let's face it like our endeavors in life and adulting are basically extensions of those adventures. I find, at least. I mean, <laughs> this podcast, the YouTube channel, everything that I've done with the toys to date is to somehow <laughs> somehow make up for the lack of like actual GI Joe adventures to have anymore. You know, because <laughs> you eventually gotta gotta put the the, the playthings on the shelf, and maybe you feel the same way about about rap right? as a creative outlets. Whereas back as a child we had, we had these worlds to explore, uh, using action figures as our avatars. These, I don't know, these these role playing situations to enjoy, and and stories to con- concoct in our heads with our friends or alone. Maybe you did it with the parents. I don't know. I don't know. Let's get to the bottom of it.
2: Yeah, now we have to be be all creative about what we tell our significant others when we buy a few G. I. Joe's online.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, to look but, at but you have like, I'm gonna keep it in the package like, so that I can sell it later for, you know, the the kids' college fund. Yeah right.
2: Or something. Yeah, yeah. Like you have so
0: many G. I. Joes, where do you, why do you want more? I hate that question. You- but I need this character because this is his version two look when he's, you know, become a cobra again. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's got an angry dolphin with him. I mean, come on. How can you not like an angry dolphin?
2: It's it, so stupid. It's so true. And I mean, I've spent my life trying
1: to understand both sides of it, sort of both understanding why I do need that, you know, weird fluorescent version of Deep Six when I've got the original Deep Six. You know, why do we need the multiple versions? What, well, what articulation is it about the plastic? Well,
0: is, is, is a major point in favor of version two, but... Well there you go there's your argument for deep six. What is your ultimate action figure for both G.I. Joe and Cobra? Like uh, who's your go-to? Oh, has it shifted over the years? It's so maybe that's, hard. It's an interesting way of asking it. What was your go-to as a as a youngin and what would you say is your most cherished action figure today?
1: It's so hard. I mean, I think I really did love playing with the original Zartan a lot as a kid oh, because please, please, I would one to the, the lucky
0: few. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, having him in, in like, and you'd put him in a snowbank, because we had a lot of snow in Canada growing up, and he would change color in, in the snow, which was a cool thing, because they advertised that Zartan, of course, changed color in the sunlight. But if you put him in a snowbank, he'd also turn color, which was pretty cool. So it was, it was sort of the secret that we kind of discovered as kids. And I always loved Zartan. I thought he was a really engaging character in the cartoon, like... And uh, in the comic books, I I, I loved his story arc and, and what Larry did with him in the Marvel comics and tying him in with, with Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow and Cobra Command. And everyone, I was I always thought that was a brilliant way of handling a character that could have otherwise been absolutely ludicrous. And, mm-hmm. uh, and and Zartan to me is always sort of that he is the bridge between the the totally out there and the actual you know, realistic. I mean, there's a guy who's like, studied it, like, he trained at St. Cyr. He's like, got this military background. He became a mercenary, but he's also like this holographic. <laughs> you know? He's mm-hmm. a master of disguise. And, and then of course that opened up the GI Joe world into a whole bunch of other crazy things. Like when you're reading the comics, I think he's, he's one of the first things that really sort of takes it into that other world. Sure. Uh, that I think is so great about Joe, where you can, it, it can exist perfectly as like, you can play with it as sort of like a realistic thing or as
0: a totally uh, fantastical thing. And I mean, I, oh, it really. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It is Anyways, really the perfect uh, like synthesis of the two because yeah. I mean, all the sort of pundits of like super realistic Joe. You know, if you boil that down, all you've got is green on the one side shooting at blue on the other side. Mm -hmm. You need characters like Zartan to kind of keep things interesting.
1: Well, it takes it to that that superhero level as well. Mm. Uh, And uh, the Joes really were like, you know, they were similar to the Justice League or something like that in a lot of ways. You can definitely equate it that way. Um, Yeah, and, and then as an adult, it's... I mean, I'm still a kid in my mind, so I don't know. You There's can so totally
0: much... answer Zata and version <laughs> 1 again, and I would accept. <laughs> I am curious, though. Do you think that the uh, the color change feature was activated by the glare from the snow? Or do you think the cold had something to do with it? Oh, that's interesting. I just always thought it was with the 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 temperature. Ah, Because I, I thought it was a sort of photosensitive, or, or fo- what's it called? Um, photochromatic? I don't know. And not thermochromatic if you know what i mean wow <laughs> uh,
1: yeah i've whoa, never whoa. done the scientific research on why zartan turned color <laughs> i don't know the exact reason but i know if you put him
0: in a snowbank he would turn like that bluish green that blue. cool yeah wow. it's just because he was getting cold man you know hypothermia was mm-hmm. sitting in he was turning blue i mean he is in a like a midriff after all <laughs> <laughs> But
1: yeah, I don't know. I uh, there's a lot of figures. I, I like obviously like version version two Snake Eyes. I still love so much, and uh, Flint and Ricando will always hold a special place in my heart because my mom gave him to me one year for Christmas, and she said that she picked him out because she liked his mustache. <laughs> 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 so I've always uh, she was even to this day she'll be like, oh, you still got Ricando? I'm like, of course I still have Ricando.
0: <laughs> He's awesome. I'll back you up with two important uh, references. Number one, previous uh, guest, Paul Pamphelon, a.k.a. Plastic Battles, loves Ricondo, because why? Because when you have a sculpted, rooted hat as opposed to a sort of removable one, it gets the proportions of the hat better.
3: Mm-hmm. So Ricondo
0: had the perfect sort of slouch hat because it wasn't oversized to fit over like, you know, the rather rather big vintage G.I. Joe head sculpt. Um, so that's one cool reason to, to back Ricondo. Another cool reason, Action Figure Therapy, the now defunct Action Figure Therapy, used Ricondo as their jungle trooper. I don't know if you've ever watched Action Figure Therapy. Oh, shit, I love that show. But it is side-splittingly funny because they took the moustache cue and just ran with it that he is the biggest womanizer this particular uh, special forces team has ever had in their in their ranks well it worked on my mom <laughs> <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> i don't know if you want to put that on the air all right not
3: everybody uh, can pull off a handlebar true true, nah. true.
0: well I'm I'm, rocking at the moment. So. I'm, I'm 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 observing my movember um <laughs> he
1: was also geez. really cool in the comic books and the cartoon <laughs> like whenever he'd make it, he didn't appear that often but when when he appeared it was like okay i respect this
0: guy mm. you know yeah he can wrestle a rhino sure taking out russian snipers and just saying cool lines on the cartoon i mean he had a handful of them but they were always uh whoever that voice artist was he Gave a fantastic delivery. Yeah. Let's talk vehicles.
1: Well, uh, my favorite vehicle is still the Tomahawk. Oh, okay. (laughs) 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 Uh, I have a song. I put out a an album in 2006 called Burglaritis and there's a song on there called Cream of Wheat and the song is just a very chill song but I just sort of had this line in it that I say uh, the best G.I. Joe vehicle the tomahawk and at the time it was like sort of like just off the cuff like I'm just sort of saying these sort of -of matter-of-fact statements and it's this People have told me it's like a weird reference to G.I. Joe just that sort of comes out of the blue. But it, I think it's, it's a part of that song because the song is sort of about growing up and thinking about the things I loved. And I just threw that line in there because it was important to me. And I know that if anyone didn't know anything about G.I. Joe, they probably wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. But to this day, and I just had a show last night and I did that song uh, to close off the set. And I say the best G.I. Joe vehicle is the Tomahawk. And people shout that line out at me more mm-hmm. often than you would think. And, you know, whether or not they believe the Tomahawk's the best vehicle or not, <laughs> it's it's great to see uh, to see people react to a line like that. And um, I always thought – I actually never owned the Tomahawk as a kid. And yeah, I always wanted it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I always wanted it. So then when I was in high school – I, uh, I picked up a really beat up version and then I've since acquired like three more that are just, you mm-hmm. know, two old ones that are in great shape and one uh, when they reissued it a couple oh, years Eagle. ago. Oh, the, e- the Eagle Hawk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I love that vehicle. And I just think it was a cool design and you can fit a lot of figures in there and go
0: on missions. And, and uh, such an indispensable function as a toy. Like both teams needed that. And they only got the first one in 86. And then Cobra never got one, really. Oh, yeah. I wish they would do that Cobra Copter from the comics.
1: That would be huh. awesome. Yeah, It was a
0: bit of a stretch of the imagination when you had, like, tons of guys riding the skids of dragonflies. Or, like, having to use two or three dragonflies to just get a sort of smallish infantry team deployed. Yeah, no, the Tomahawk was badly needed by the outset. Yeah, mm.
1: absolutely. Now, in terms of other vehicles where you could put a lot of guys in the the uh the hovercraft so i did have the hovercraft and uh i think i may have told this story before on flag points which was a great show podcast shout out dave gildersleeve for flag points crew but when i was a kid i uh i split my head open somersaulting at a department store eaton's which was actually a great place to get gi joe's when you're a kid if, if my mom brought me to eaton's and she was like buying like a new you know shirt or something she'd always say okay well i'll try on some clothes and then you know if you're good i'll buy you gi joe at the end so i was like sweet she always got me <laughs> a great so eaton's was a great a great place if you were a joe fan as a kid but one time i was somersaulting around just waiting for her and i i somersaulted on the floor and i Cracked my head on the corner of a glass display case because oh, I was clearly a wild kid, and I split my head open. Some assaulting
0: and- in the middle of a stool. Yeah. My God, man! <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I don't know what it was, it was too much sugar or something. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I split my head, and like blood was like dripping down my head. I had to get. They took me to the hospital. I got a whole bunch of stitches in my head, and I remember lying uh, down in the hospital getting the stitches, and my mom was next to me and she's trying to like you know put my mind at ease and she says okay you know don't worry you know you're gonna get all stitched up you're gonna be fine and then i'll get you any toy you want <laughs> and, and i said really well i want the gi joe hovercraft <laughs> it was like a, a pretty big you know toy at the time she's like okay so then i you know she she's stuck uh, by her word and i wound up getting the gi joe hovercraft for splitting my head open so then i spent the rest of my childhood trying to injure myself to get more vehicles <laughs> <laughs> price to pay. oh man yeah when that defiant came out i was like throwing myself downstairs and...
2: <laughs> like honey where are you going with that red tape i'm gonna jump off the roof no you're not yes i am <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah the hovercraft the whale is is an amazing vehicle too Agreed. so i'm still doing that yeah
0: You and I see eye-to-eye on uh, two of your picks. I mean, I'm also very, very much a Zartan fan, I suppose. He's probably my favorite Cobra figure. And the Tomahawk is most definitely my favorite G.I. Joe vehicle. I mean, the day I got my first Tomahawk, I think I I wept. I cried tears of joy pulling that thing out of styrofoam, out of the packing peanuts. Because it was a myth. (laughs) I mean, it didn't really uh, get here, to be honest. So, I mean, I whenever I encountered it in the comic books or the, the cartoons that I'd watched, I thought that it was just as fictional as the Cobra helicopter. So when I discovered the internet and discovered it was a real thing, whew, I was over the moon. Couldn't get my credit card ready soon enough. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. Well, I, 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 the South African members of this podcast can always tell a, a rather skewed story of like how we discovered G.I. Joe. <laughs> I mean... Just the other day, I was looking at the comic book collection that I that I had as a child, like just the, the sort of the, the few scruffy issues that I had, these little snapshots of what the actual tale of G.I. Joe was. I think one of the very first comics I ever got was an issue number 15. So I was like, whoa, this says G.I. Joe on the cover, but it's these three guys, one who's recognizably snake eyes, but not a version that I'm aware of because I'd only ever seen version three. And then there's this Eskimo dude and a dude in a lab coat. Like, what is this? This isn't G.I. Joe. <laughs> Where the ninja force. <laughs> no.
1: That's incredible that that was your introduction. Like, oh, I remember you were telling me because it, it it didn't come on the racks till later. Uh, mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Not on the regular
0: it- either, we would sort of pick it up at like a corner cafe, just in the kind of yeah. newsstand. In and amongst newspapers, you'd have a... A a copy of Avengers West Coast from 1989, and then a copy of G.I. Joe, or Tales of G.I. Joe, the the, the second printing of the sort of classic run. That
3: big robot. Exactly.
0: I mean, I was like, where do I get that toy? So in the same vein, when I saw more and more of the Tomahawk, I was just like, oh, well, that's nice, but there's no toy in existence of it. So Pipe Dream. Lo and behold, it's a real thing. Ooh.
1: Yeah, as amazing as it was to grow up and being able to find GI Joes, like whether you were your friends had them or whether you were at the store, it, it's you also could, like, inc- mail your mother and get yeah. <laughs> 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 it's also incredible, like for you to be able to z- discover all these figures that you didn't know about and go back and find this whole wealth. Because I mean, I could pick out. Fa- there's, I have. St- favorites in every line every year i mean i could go like there are guys like later on like i always say like the 90s series is completely slept on like guys like rampart who's just like a great figure and there's like some oh, such a cool scene. toy yeah and yeah. without the spring operated missile like it's kind of got that you have to like flick the missile mm. to, to launch and uh like and free fall like that whole way like that whole series of the 90s is crazy people mm. like for years, they, I think now people are rediscovering them, but there were, years and years went by where a lot of people I knew who were into Joe, they'd, like, stop collecting at, like, 88 or 89, and they wouldn't even look at 90 up. And it's like, then you're missing so many great figures. Desert Scorpion. I mean, I could go on, but this is a G.I. Joe podcast, so I will. So, like, second low <laughs> <moment. laughs> No, but, yeah.
0: The mic is yours, word burglar, dude. You can just beguile us with your stories. I tell you, the year 1999 (laughs) has relevance to me because that was the year I first had an eBay profile. That was a veritable mecca of discovery. Like, oh, man. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I didn't know what to buy first. I think the first things that I was honing, homing in on was the Tomahawk and General Hawk because... For all my life, my GI Joe collection had no leadership. Like, I think, gosh, I don't even think I had a. Oh, I had a Star Brigade Duke. That was about it. And you can't very well be taking your Star Brigade Duke into the jungle. I mean, that just doesn't look right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, we 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 were messed up, dude. I want to know. I want to know. Like, do you have a particularly vivid childhood memory of, of like? a mission that you took the joes on or maybe you were uh, a cobra at hearts like what was what was your typical play pattern or adventure did you have friends around or was this kind of like a solo mission very cerebral very like in your own mind
1: oh wow well i had a an older cousin and when i'd go to his house we would play joes under his ping pong table and we would just mm-hmm. set up total battles under this ping pong table on the floor in his basement and it's subterranean it felt- Exactly. It felt like we were having a subterranean and it had, you know, just where the the legs of the ping pong table have the the different arches and everything. And we could have guys (laughs) hanging from them and swinging over them. And and, uh, you know, Were you
0: aware of the pits in the sort of the G.I. Joe pop, you know, G.I. Joe cannon, like the the, the fact that they headquartered underground.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. So Um, was this that
0: or was this like some kind of cobra lair?
1: I think it was mostly, yeah, Cobra Lair, because that's usually, that was the most fun, if, if it yeah. was something Cobra. I would also play a lot on my own, and I think, like, that really did, like, we've talked about it, you guys talk about it a lot, It's it really did, Joe really contributed to my creativities, because I mm. would spend a lot of time alone as a kid, and I would just play with my figures and take them apart, and, you know, I used to love putting a joe head on like someone who was like maybe a faceless cobra trooper and it was like they were an undercover joe now wearing like the cobra garb right mm-hmm. like i did that so many times right it's, <laughs> especially with guys who like the figure i thought was kind of dumb but like they might have had a, a, fu- a cool head sculpt like uh i don't know not to hurt any feelings but like a uh, wild card i always thought it was like kind of a dumb <laughs> Like, this guy makes no sense, but he was, he was funny, but then I'd take his head off and put him on, like, a snow serpent figure or something, and he'd be, you know, an undercover cobra guy. Now,
0: you're in or, good company, Paul. You know what I'm saying? He dislikes that figure. <laughs> <laughs> My God. It doesn't it factor into, like, your, your worst figure ever, Paul? Although the,
1: the Mean Dog's yeah. a vehicle. Mean Dog's a really cool vehicle. <laughs>
0: Right? Lethal. Lethal. That thing can do some damage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the nice thing is you can just pop wildcard in there. Nobody has to see him. You so... just reminded me of something with your, your head swap uh, maneuvers. I never had a stalker figure growing up. But of course I absolutely adored his, his way, the way he was scripted and, and just the kind of the general um, sort of small squad leadership duties that he would have in the comic books. Uh, so, obviously, I mean, he, he's a firm favorite to pretty much any G.I. Joe fan. I needed a representation of him, and I had a Night Viper that had his Cobra sigil kind of basically absent. <laughs> mm-hmm. It had seen some play wear. So, I took a Street Fighter II Balrog head and put that on Night Viper. and that was Oh, that's
1: like a good combo,
0: yeah. Pretty good tactical stalker outfit. I mean, the Balrog hairstyle ain't quite stalker. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, what do you do? You gotta make do with what you got, I guess.
1: That's a, i love that. And even now, like discovering great combos of figures that you never thought would work so well together. Um, there's a Carson, I don't wanna blow up his uh his Meet secrets. Yeah, the 3D,
0: Joes, yeah, man. The 3D mm-hmm.
1: Joes man who is just such an incredible person and just a, such a great contributor to the hobby. And he she showed me this great combo between a star brigade cobra trooper uh i forget black which star. one it black is it star. black star you know star? the one black star and sci-fi and yeah. if you there's a certain way of combining those two figures uh where i think you take like half the legs of one and the other, and, like, the neon green plays off the yellow. Um, mm. Carson may have shared it online, but he showed it to me at JoeCon, at and he was buying up all these Black Stars and sci-fis.
0: Call me building them as he...
1: Yeah, and it's, like, such an incredible combo. So I'm not sure who first came up with that idea, but there's stuff like that, right? Or mixing up, like, a Toxo Viper and an Incinerator and, like, I don't know, coming up with different new troops that way. So there's still... People are still unlocking new ways to enjoy the old figures, which I just can't – I'll never get enough of that stuff, right?
2: Neither will we. I see Hasbro has taken um, a page out of that book because they have this whole series for kids that they've made these like Marvel figures with uh, interchangeable heads and arms. And you can make like weird and wacky superheroes out of all of them. I mean, that's called... like stuff we were doing with Joes. Like, like Marvel changes or something.
0: Yeah, because they've got multiple licenses. They've even got... They've got G.I. Joe. They've got uh, Transformers, don't they? Star Wars is definitely there.
3: See, that's... Chapter 11.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's cool. And then, like, they're encouraging you to change the pieces. But the cool thing about Joes was everyone just sort of figured out on their own that if you got one of those tiny little screwdrivers, you can take apart <laughs> your Joe and, play and, and create new ones. Like... My uncle first showed me how to do that when I had a bunch of broken G.I. Joe figures. He's like, Oh, we can fix those. You just need to get, you know, these elastics and we'll unscrew them. And, and like when I bought my first small screwdriver, which over the years I bought many more, but I remember going to Canadian Tire, which is, you know, a big store here in Canada. You could have guessed from the name. And it, it, uh, I remember getting that small screwdriver, and it literally unlocked a whole new world to me of being able to (sighs) fix jokes, take apart figures, and again, I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's just, uh, that was just a secret, like, it never said anywhere on any G.I. Joe packaging, hey, if the elastic breaks, just get a screwdriver and take them apart or whatever, or interchange your favorite figures, like, kids just figured it out, and that- Did you uh, initially use
0: regular rubber bands? I know yes. I did. I tried this. Yeah, that was um, a bad, bad move.
1: So I what would I would do? My sister had these hair elastics and they were about the <laughs> same like uh, you know, they were about the same circumference as a uh, as an O-ring, but they weren't There's
2: like loom those like loom elastic bands. They're like yeah, they're pro- yeah. popular now, yeah.
1: But they weren't Again. thick enough, so you'd have to use like five or six <laughs> to like thick to give yourself enough uh, you know, strength <laughs> structural support. <clears throat> to uh, to put it in your in your repaired Joe, uh, but then I found a place that that you could get like similar O rings and because they're like plumber
2: they're called like plumber O oh, rings yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 They're, they're sort of rubber seals I think uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. every time uh, uh, like I go to a hardware store um up here in South Africa called Builders Warehouse uh, uh, often I go with go and help my dad like
0: not called call South, South African tire. <laughs> Yeah, not not not, not say tire or anything.
2: Um, and I often just, as a habit, just always pick up a packet or two of them because they're really cheap, and and it's great. You know, I've got like a stash of them somewhere in the house, and when I see it, like the upper torso of like Blizzard or something coming off, or who did I fix recently that made me very very happy? Oh, Hawk! I fixed Hawk's um, uh, nice. O ring, and and it was just just it's just such a great feeling. It's it's like
0: what is old is new again. Yeah. In my yeah, case, not- uh, my GI Joe collection has been feeding off the corpses of the core for years now. <laughs> Anytime I need a fresh O-ring, those core O-rings are damn good. I think they're a little bit thicker somehow, it's a little bit hardier.
1: That's so right. Whispering have- Willie won't miss it, or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: God, Whispering Willie!
1: I'm so glad you picked that
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Let me just have a quick again.
1: Answer. Whispering Willie. Oh my God!
0: <laughs> so we featured the core in a little uh, sort of web webisode thing, uh, and Whispering Willie was in there. He was—I don't think we name-dropped him, but he also didn't get captured or killed. So he he might make future appearances.
1: Oh watch yeah! You space—you can't get rid of him. You can't get rid of Whispering <laughs> Willie. <laughs>
2: Do you have any figures like do you do you bring like a, a GI Joe with you to gigs um, like when you when you travel like do you take maybe one or two figures with you just as a bit of a um, like I I I mean I for myself I like to when I go down to Cape Town uh, when I recently went to the states I brought some Joes with me just like a handful and I actually always had them with me and they were sort of like a, a almost like a, a a good like charm in a weird way. My my Joe forces multiplied exponentially within a few days of arriving in America, but still, I had this this handful with me. I had Mercer and Storm Shadow, and and it was it was great. Uh, but do you have anything like that that you take with you as kind of like a like a totem almost? I gigs and stuff. Yeah,
1: I love that idea. And you know, I used to sort of just accidentally because I used to work at a comic book store, and I would pick up the odd figure here and there at work. And I just always have one or two kicking around in my bag when I'd be traveling around, but no, I haven't lately. I have not. Um, I guess the most recent thing that happened, I picked up a, an iceberg when I was on tour and he just happened to be with me for a while. And, and it's funny. Iceberg was never a figure that I particularly had any fondness for, but, um, a friend of mine just gave me this iceberg figure and, So I I did have him sort of accidentally but no now I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna bring somebody I'd be worried about transporting them though so it'd have to be someone Well, with
0: Iceberg you're not you're not likely to lose small parts I mean he's a fairly easy figure to complete you know what I'm saying yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just one gun, right? Did he <laughs> have a backpack originally? No. Had a... Oh, man, he had nothing. He had one machine gun.
1: The, the big white left... gun,
0: yeah. 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 It left, left me wondering, like, geez, this guy must be super hardcore because he's surviving out in the snow without a backpack, without supplies. Well,
1: he's in one yeah, of the guns. most terrifying episodes of the cartoon, right? Back the... <laughs> he's got that freaky nightmare one, right, with low light? <laughs> icebergs in that episode
0: i don't know I, I i can't look past the the episode where he transforms into a killer whale and i'm not <laughs> talking about the Hoppercroft. <laughs> <laughs> the orca man oh man oh, that
2: was that was awesome like it, it's awesome that that episode exists uh i think it's it's just bizarre that's why we Hey, these- uh,
3: word burglar you were i think it was uh you were chatting with uh diagnostic 80 i think the full force podcast had you on a bit ago you mentioned that you were a paperboy back in the day. Was that part of your creative process because you spent so much time in your head? And is it still like do you have to take like a walk, that kind of thing to, yeah. to get creative?
1: Yeah, that's a great a great question. I think uh, I walk all the time now. I'm a serious walker. And definitely when I was on my paper route, I'd be out there every day for like an hour and a half with my Walkman on, listening to music, listening to beats. Um, yeah, I walk at least an hour a day regularly now, and it, it's just for good health in general. But yeah, for it's great for listening to podcasts like this or or music and just hey. And I, you know what, I I think I do come up with my best ideas when I'm in motion. <laughs> so Word. so yeah, I love to walk, and yeah, having that paper route was essential as a kid. To have money to buy Joes and comics and music and video games and all that stuff. So it was good. It's good discipline.
0: We're going to do it different. You blitz all night.
1: <laughs> 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 Input, and foot channel. Use a shoe for a hammer and a dime is a screwdriver to compose what you see, like a viewfinder. The new MacGyver's cross a bridge when we get there, and if not, make our own like the bridge land. It's where a bird, yeah, my name's a bomb. And if I can't find the cartridge, I'll play the ROM Space Night. Die a race in dire straight since they lie in wait. Every time
3: I try to race, since we got GI Joe Legends with us, or a legend in the game. I guess pass around the horn, uh, they used to have the fridge, he was a celebrity figure back in back in the day, obviously got Sarge still representing. Is there somebody in our society, or any society uh, around our world, that kind of sticks out as an extreme personality, anybody that you would uh, turn into a celebrity figure from 2018? Steven, uh, so what do you got?
0: You, you had to go with me first, then I'm gonna break some new ice. Um... It was actually HCC788 who uh, alerted me to the fact that as of today, the recording of this podcast, the 12th of November, 2018, we've lost a giant fellow by the name Stan Lieber, a.k.a. Stan Lee, the the most instrumental uh, creative force behind the modern comic book medium. Uh, Would I be fair in saying that? Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would move for immortalizing him as an action figure. We've seen him being immortalized in dozens of comic book movies over the years and I think I think I'd like to call him Agent Excelsior <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> it would be his uh, primary military specialty to uh, <laughs> make cameos. <laughs> <laughs> just appear out of nowhere and spout wisdom I mean I was watching Rats of all films the other day and just hearing him talking about you know how his comic book characters was, were, were flawed but ultimately do get the girl like just trying to assuage uh, Jason Lee's character I mean that, that was a, a cool cameo in an otherwise like very forgettable movie <laughs> yeah man Stan Lee I mean, what what else does anyone have to say? Uh, it's just it's a huge loss, and and I'm I'm curious to know if he had a cameo in the can for uh, Captain Marvel, and in which case that quite possibly could be his final appearance, forthcoming.
3: Stan Lee, definitely to me, like you guys have all heard me say, Nuff said, and uh, what he's got so many catchphrases. I know him from the page. <laughs> he's kind of one of those. Things where they pull back the curtain through life, and then you you see him as the celebrity, and then of course there's that weird chapter at the end. But he definitely uh, he's definitely been as big a figure, I guess, as a creative force as anybody. Let's well, say you, Paul?
2: I loved Stanley in the '90s. Uh, I was the most uh, I was buying most of my comics in the '90s, and I was picking up. I used to pick up a title. Uh, it's quite a familiar title to everybody here, I'm sure. Generation X. Um, and Stanley used to always do an introduction into that comic. Uh, it, you know, he would always bring readers up to speed as to what's going on, and it would always be really well written. It it would always be like hokey and fantastical, and you know everything that you kind of expect from Stanley. And it wasn't something that you found in a lot of the Marvel books at the time. Um, so I, that always kind of made the Generation X comics a bit more special in some ways. Um, but I love that. Like my 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 sort of. Um, understanding of stan lee has always been well my experience with him has always been like on the page in those introductions that would be done um to the comic books you know like you know bringing us in there and then also um through the many stories of creators who have worked with him in the industry uh in the in the pages of wizard magazine uh uh, you know long live wizard magazine But um, in the pages of Wizard, you know, you'd often have like an interview with Todd McFarlane or Jim Lee or Jimmy Palmiotti or Joe Quesada, and they'd all have, you know, Stanley would be in their their sort of story somewhere, you know, either as an inspiration or as this really great guy. I mean, Larry Harmer also has one. uh, I don't know if it's an article that I read or if it was a Facebook post that he did, but he sort of said that like. Stanley was very specific about the, the the letter pages, you know, how the pages in the GI Joe book, I mean, GI Joe book and the GI Joe comics, uh, the letter the letter page uh, should be handled. And he always said, you know, you never know who's on the other side of that, that letter. You never know if it's a, if it's a disabled kid or if it's a, a, a kid that's just got a book for his first time, this is his first time reading it and whatever. So always treat every reader with respect, even if they come across as like really crazy and, and sort of um, antagonistic. And that was really cool, you know, and and Larry Homer said, you know, he's always taken that to heart. And, you know, that that says a lot about the guy, you know, it says that he really cared about people. And, you know, I I also heard, uh, like, there's a legend about him uh, that said that one of the reasons he always used to use really big and strange words in his comic books, at least in the early, like, 70s and 80s uh, Marvel run, was because he wanted kids to, to, not, he wanted kids to read the, the comic book and to get stuck on those words and then go and pull out a dictionary because he, he always thought that that was how he was going to help improve their vocabularies because he didn't like the fact that comic books were being referred to as like sort of trashy and, and whatever. Funny. So, I
0: credit Larry Harmer with expanding my vocabulary to the point where it is now. I mean, well, I, 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 it kind of made me a bit of a weirdo kid in school that I sort of spoke as high concept as as my brain would allow.
3: But I Still have weird, the writing
0: of, of Homer to thank for that. Like, you know, if yeah. there was something that he, he he implemented in a G.I. Joe comic that I didn't understand, I would do my best to do the research and try and <laughs> get a handle on what he was trying to say. Oh, I dude, mean, the, totally. The phrase, the phrase from that same issue that I, that I mentioned just now, uh, issue number 15, Dr. Venom says to Quinn, I'm not casting aspersions on Snake Eyes' marksmanship. <laughs> and it's like, what this kind of language to be throwing around in a kid's book. What casting aspersions. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't have any in for that that term. Absolutely. Thank you, Mr. He's, Homer. So if yeah. he was a, a scribe of Stan Lee's, then Stan the man, we have you to thank, buddy.
1: Yeah, yes. those are amazing recollections, and I grew up reading comics. I taught myself to read. So that I could read my Spider Man comics as a kid. And yeah, mm. Stanley, he made exposition exciting and he made dialogue dynamic. And yeah, his contribution is just unparalleled with, within the industry and like the world at large. And I'm just so glad that he got to live long enough to see all of his creations and the universe and really just this, the all the excitement that he had created to see it live. Uh, and take on this whole new life that we've been experiencing in the last decade with with the rise of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, I know he had, was always trying to get his characters into movies. He spent like almost half his career at Marvel trying to get the properties developed into television and movies, and and finally they you know they got movies that did the characters justice and the stories. And yeah, those recollections of the letters pages that's just phenomenal. I I met him briefly at a fan expo in toronto about five or six years ago and he couldn't have been more genuine even though he was meeting hundreds of fans he just took that moment with every single person and to just be polite and smile at you and uh yeah i think yeah it's it's insane i'm still kind of just dealing with the news because i just heard about it about an hour ago and
2: huge me too
1: (laughs) a huge huge loss so i'm sure we all feel the same way and but yeah. But I yes, I would definitely uh support
0: your nomination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to go to derail Cujo's initial topic, which was celebrity action figures. Um Cujo, I'm curious, what have you got,
3: buddy? Um well I I'm blanking on his friggin' name right now. It'll come to me in a second. Well, he, this doesn't have to make the record. But uh Oh, every time you say something like this, I that, know, you know, but I gotta throw that in. out there so we don't get in trouble. No, I mean like <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, is Stan Lee kind of like the Edison to Tesla? Did, did he take Kirby's ideas and kind of market them? I, I'm not saying there's a dark side there. I'm not saying there's dark side.
0: Well, the early controversy, I mean, uh, this is something that, that I was going to bring up uh, when, when Paul was like talking about latter creators who speak glowingly of Stan Lee. I was like, well, as long as you don't speak to Steve Ditko or Jack Kirby, I mean, there were some rather famous fallings outs. In those uh, early Marvel years, yeah. I think in it,
1: in any creative ende- endeavor, there's going to be stuff like that, and you can't deny how incredible Ditko and Kirby are and were, and obviously same for Stan Lee. And uh, you know, you, there's two sides to every story, so mm. who knows? Um,
0: when these Titanic I, forces butt heads,
3: like yeah, there's going to be yeah. bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I Stanley has, I don't but think Stanley fun. has too many enemies at the end yeah. of the day. No, I mean there's people who
1: will argue over different uh, you know cases with Kirby and Ditko over who created what characters. There's a fantastic book if anyone is interested and if you haven't read it called uh, Marvel Comics: The Untold Story, written by Sean Howe. I highly recommend it. It covers every decade of Marvel from the early days into Timely Comics, into Marvel, into Stan Lee's reign and everything how he affected the company. And into Jim Shooter and up to McFarlane and all that stuff. Incredibly fascinating. If you have any love of Marvel at all, I think anyone should go read that book. Um, The uh, Marvel Comics The Untold Story by Sean Howe. And there it it touches on some stuff. And I think it it can allow you to come up with your own ideas on on Stan Lee versus Kirby. Um, but in the end, you know, Stanley had nothing but respect for Kirby, and really, really did. As far as I've been able to understand it from talking with people and reading about it, and I think he really did want the best for for Jack. And uh, you know, they just saw things differently sometimes. So um, well, again, think- I'm not close to either of their families, sure. so I'm sure there's an entirely,
3: you know, cool. there's a lot more to that story, but. Anytime you have a creative mind and pair it up with an ambitious mind, usually it usually works, but it's not always like the smoothest. Um, no, I was gonna go with Elon Musk, just because the he's such a visible character in SpaceX and all that ridiculousness. He'd be a hey, good South Cobra of Space dude. Thank oh you. yeah, well yeah, I, yeah. It's I guess I didn't want to give him money, so he came to the states apparently. <laughs> But
2: oh, no! we would have given him money. It's like government. Hmm? <laughs> Fair enough. No, no. So
3: that's really a joint effort right there. We both ushered in Elon Musk to the, to the Cobra space force.
2: <laughs> I, have, Too sure. I, I have heard people, um, compare Stan Lee to Steve jobs. Um, and I kind of think that that's wrong. Uh, and don't misunderstand me. This is no insult to Steve jobs. Steve jobs, um, was a very powerful force. And he inspired a lot of uh, fantastic design and movement and sort of changed the industry in his own right. And, uh, but Stanley was not so much just an innovator and um, he wasn't so much, should I say, just uh, enthusiastic about stuff. He was also creative. Sure, sure. He was also a writer yeah. and also an artist. And, you know, he... So I think, I, I think that comparison, uh, if anybody's making that comparison right now, I think that's kind of wrong because yes uh Steve Jobs was creative but you know Steve Wozniak is the guy who made the Mac Steve Jobs just put the Mac in our hands you know and and then demanded more from from what it should be and, and rightfully so and and Stanley sort of became that guy you know he he stopped doing the heavy lifting and then started becoming the you know creating the philosophy of of Marvel and uh, that trickled down, you know, uh, Word Burglar mentioned Jim Shooter. You know, Jim Shooter was a hell of a force in Marvel as well, and very fondly spoken about. But there you go. Anyway, uh, the point I was sure. trying to make is, is that I wouldn't compare him to Steve Jobs. Not because Steve Jobs is bad, just because they're different. Same, same, but different. Fair
1: enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Same, same, think different, if you will. Uh-uh.
3: Uh-oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's why he's a word burglar, he just steals them words and stuff.
3: <laughs> anyway <laughs> Should we do uh should we walk away from all this madness? Well I have I have a twenty eighteen nomination,
1: oh, if you don't it's, mind. It's,
3: please. It's, it's, please
1: Well I'm always one for bolstering the ranks of Joe with more international team members. And being Canadian, you know, they're you know There's not really
0: you got backstop, (laughs) you know, and Uh, what what is your your feel feeling on that? Do you think that was a bit of a a slap in the face, really? Well, I will
1: say for a guy named
0: backstop, he has nothing to do with hockey.
1: Um, But some kind of protective gear. Yeah, (laughs) doesn't look
0: anything
1: like a hockey uniform. Look, we, I'm, I'm a big fan of the sports themed Joes. You got hardball, Captain Gridiron, the fridge, Big Lub. So you got basketball, football, and baseball covered. We need a, we need a quality hockey Joe team member. We've seen the Joes play hockey in the cartoon. You know, we've got a whole Arctic (laughs) squad. With They can ski and they can snowshoe, but they, they can't skate. So therefore, and in the tradition of, of having a, a sports star, such as Refrigerator Perry, uh, for 2018, I would nominate Canadian, who is also from my hometown of Halifax, Nova Scotia, and one of the best hockey players in the National Hockey League, Sidney Crosby. He's going to be retiring soon. He's got to move into a, a next, uh, you know, his next career move. I think the Joes could use him as their Arctic hockey expert. And uh, code name Slapshot. There you go. There nice. you took it, took it right from me. So it's uh, I Put him in there.
0: Explosive pucks included.
2: <laughs> oh, dude! I would, Some I would go nuts man. for that. That's awesome. Because I also hmm. like uh, sports Joes. I have a weird fondness for them. I, it's Hardball that really sold me on it, actually, when I got Hardball in hand. It's, uh, so I, I feel you on the sports shows. Oh, yeah. hardball's the maybe the only reason I got the convention set this year. In oh.
1: fact, it probably is because I didn't need the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not hating on it. There's some great figures in there. But Hardball was the one that I was, I was waiting for. And uh, Marauder had those really cool baseball bats. So shout yeah. out, Marauder on. I got a, and a, a blue aluminum cap. and a wooden one. Yeah, yeah. And the cap. Yeah. The blue cap, yeah.
2: Uh, so. They gave me one as well for my uh, Marauder lady for my They're nice. like The guy was like, here, take a blue cap. It's hardballs. It's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. So, yeah, that's nice. my, my Joe nomination. Hong town. Paul, you're not slipping past. You got one?
2: <laughs> Who's going to be my celebrity? Uh, Joe... Guys, like they kind of done him already, but I don't feel like they did him right. I I like Dwayne the Rock Johnson and I, I'm kinda of happy that I've got a, a a rock figure. Like it's not roadblock to me, he's just rock the rock as a G.I. Joe, because I've managed to cobble together out of modern era rocks that they've released, I've managed to cobble together the ultimate version of that toy. And he's got the best head sculpt that they've done out of like five that they released. Got the That's best body, yeah. He's he's great. I dig the rock. I'm I'm actually totally down for um a rock figure,
0: like. And to my mind, is there any other celebrity or character or anything you know under the sun that has been able to bridge the gap between both Hasbro and Lenard? Because there is a Dwayne Johnson action figure in the core and in GI Joe. Did you know that? It's
2: just Wild, yeah. I do know that because they did not hmm. put that Rampage set. Uh,
3: Ah. uh, he's got that uh, spammy feel though like he's like in everything so he's he's (laughs) a little overplayed but i still like the pick you know Oh
2: yeah, he's cool. He just he uses charisma, man. Otherwise, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's time to get a vanilla ice uh, GI Joe. You know, because why it. not?
0: How random is that? I'm no. I I, that. I, I, if I there's gonna be a rapper, yeah, if there's maybe. gonna be a rapper,
2: we
1: need a rap viper. I mean, come on, Hasbro. Let's uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay. Long overdue,
1: actually. I may be biased, but <laughs> no. I well,
3: I think like to most people that enjoy GI Joe. Like we're just like, why isn't Word Burglar hit bigger? Like it's it's. I I know your indie status, so it's like you got to do all the promos, that kind of things. I mean, but that's that's kind of where I think why people respect your or, or that you have stayed kind of indie status that way.
1: I appreciate that, and you know, I I like to, to have control of of everything I do, and uh, you know, I like to self release my own music and make the kind of songs I want to make and. And really handle my business, rhyme my business. So, uh, so staying there indie it's sort of always been. And also growing up listening to a lot of rap in the '90s, where every rapper was talking about how terrible record labels were. I was never really <laughs> interested in in signing a deal or anything like that. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it may not, you know, may not lead to anything huge, but it uh, it's it's a lot more rewarding when I. Can you know do it the how I want to do it so uh, but I do I really appreciate the support so
2: thanks man oh, that's cool man well especially in a world full of uh, what I like to call like champagne hip hop you know which is all about like you know look how rich we are look how badass we are it's not hip hop I mean when you you know like uh, okay maybe it's not fair of me to say that but it's just like what you do and the sort of scene that you represent right now is kind of more underground more indie. I don't like to use those terms so much because they kind of almost like throwaway terms and they kind of devalue what you guys really are. But it's, it's weird because I know that the hip hop scene and the sort of rap scene, uh, is very confused at the moment and there isn't uh, like, there isn't any really good direction for it. So maybe not being a superstar status right now is maybe a good thing. You know, it's, it's kind of, and maybe it adds a bit more legitimacy to you right now as well. Um, Well, i
1: yeah, I appreciate that. I'm just trying to be an 80 year old rapper. So uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> if I can keep putting stuff out, you know, for a while, then uh, then I'll be happy with that. You know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the fads come and go, the 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 sounds change, but uh, there's also there are a lot of great artists out there in every genre as we all know and you you know when you when you find them i think it's it's that much more rewarding as well when you discover a band you've never heard before you're like wow how come how how have i never heard this before so i always Mm -hmm. get excited when i when i discover new music that uh and it's it's like discovering joe's you know it's like discovering there actually was a tomahawk toy it wasn't just in the comics
0: so you're like, wow, getting your mitts on one, even if uh, <laughs> the canopy's cracked off and it's got about three blades left. <laughs> I'm dying to yeah. know that first beat up one that you managed to get. Uh, what was its condition? What was wrong with it? it was like oh, yeah. everything wrong with it. No, bombs, everything. No. Yeah.
1: No bombs. Uh yeah, there was like a lift ticket, but he was just the paint was worn. I think maybe even his nose was chipped off.
2: Uh, right, there was,
1: it was the, the canopy was loose. Um <laughs> yeah, I think was there uh, I'm just looking at mine right now. What? I haven't played this
0: game. Is that your closest <laughs> G.I. Joe toy to hand? It it ooh, actually ooh, ooh, is I like, like
1: this game. right next to my desk right now. Let me just see if I classic. I know. I turn on the camera. There it is. Oh my baby! <laughs> I'm showing. Unfortunately, the people listening can't see. I just turned on my camera so we can see. So this is my beautiful. This is a very beautiful tomahawk.
2: But for our listeners who have never seen a tomahawk before, go and check out 3 djoescom It's all good, buddy. We do these for free. We love your site. We want to send everybody there. <laughs> um. Yeah. This.
1: Uh, yeah. This one is in impeccable shape. Really, really happy with it. Oh, so your baby. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Also, Did you put repro labels on that? No, no. This has got the original labels. This actually came this way. Yeah. So cool. the decals. We call them decals here in Canada. And I, uh, it's, it's funny. I was talking with some people at JoeCon. I think even at that show, I rapped about decals, and no one knew what I was talking
2: about. I met. I to got s- you because of model kit yeah. building. Yeah. Right.
1: Don't they yeah. pronounce it decals in yeah. the states? Some people say huh. decals, but I, I guess I, where I'm from, we said decals. I also, what? hilariously enough, have my backstop figure. No! <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that being the modern era backstop, it's a damn good figure. The build on that looks amazing.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty great figure. So hilariously, I do have the one Canadian next. Is he week. wielding
0: knives?
1: He's got a uh, – the the club version came with a, uh, a spike knuckle trench knife without the – where <laughs> – without the spikes on it and he's got oh, yeah. like a a pistol revolver yeah yeah the strange Sweet. revolver looking thing
0: that's a good looking figure man i mean the, the the vintage doesn't really draw me in but uh the club definitely did a good job with the the modern era interpretation nice yeah i noticed those resolute duke legs very cool <laughs> yeah i also have my rampart
1: next to me the modern, modern sweets very cool. Yeah, he's pretty good looking weapon.
0: Does it, it doesn't spring fire. I mean, that weapon is a, a molded piece, right?
1: Uh, yes, it is molded, and I'm going to show you, uh, something that I'm very excited about. Un- unfortunately, I'll have to describe it for our listeners at home. Uh, this is I picked up the head to this figure at Joe and I've used a body. It's un- oh. You see that? Mm. Uh, I don't know how clear that is, but it's a, a globulous unused head that uh, I believe was sculpted by some people we may know, and I've put it on the, on the snake body from Boss Fight, and it needs to be painted now, but... Uh, I'm, I'm, Are you a dab hand with an airbrush? I am a, terrible at painting, so I'm trying to find someone yeah. who can who can paint my
0: globulous head. It's <laughs> a damn fine sculpt, man. Who damn, wants to that, that paint cool. the head
1: of my snake man? <laughs> <laughs>
3: drone rock beach boardwalk that there's my home dad worked at Arco, mom was a televiper with flying rattlers when you could still smell my diapers lyrical sniper delivered without obstacle by dr venom at cobra island hospital diabolical my deadly like a lobulous speakers on my back me a rap as synonymous. while i'm saying my goodbyes uh first of all word burglar it's a, it's a pleasure crossing paths again brother you got to find your way to the west coast
1: absolutely thank you guys so much for having me this has been awesome anytime oh. Yeah,
0: anytime. Well, with any luck, we'll cross paths at Joe Fest 2019. I'm still holding the candle for that. Hopefully, Me too.
1: hopefully. Me too. Let's do it.
0: Mm-hmm. In closing, I'd just like to shout out uh, Half the Battle Timmer. He's doing his annual charity drive again. There will be a link to the video concerning that uh, in the description for this podcast. If you do feel like supporting a good cause and a very Joe-centric cause, take a look at what he has to say.
2: And then also nice. a small shout out from me to Bart Simon. Thank you for making us uh, the uh, South African contingent of the GI Joe crew uh, into uh, custom figures. I think your scoop and shockwave were on point, And I really love uh, the, sna- uh, the storm shadow. And uh, I dig that I've been doing some lifts. So go you. <laughs> Thanks, Bart. Um, and we'll chat soon. You know about what. Cool, man. All right.
3: Uh, this one's for the true believers. Episode 133. We've been talking it for some time. Cobra Law. A couple of do's and don'ts. Don't listen to it with your kids or mixed company. If your lady or your dude is rock and roll, cool. Um, a couple of do's. Uh, spring for that high-end alcohol. If if you like a good drink, if you like to burn some grass, go go for the top shelf. This podcast deserves it. It's going to be a good one. Um, I'll see you Thanksgiving
0: we're just as uh in the dark as you are dear listener (laughs) Cujo takes the wheel
1: yeah happy thanksgiving to all my american friends shout out triangle Joe's. shout out plastic battles shout out all you you guys the joe berg gi joe berg crew and just everyone keeping the hobby and the fandom alive it's just fantastic and uh yeah i just always love talking about it and uh and playing with it
0: (laughs) <laughs> Excelsior! Yo, Thank you, Burglar, for joining us this evening. A memorable episode, I'm sure. Hope all, all the listeners out there enjoyed it. Uh, and what else is there to
3: say other than... enough said.